Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. I always enjoy it when I get to come south. And, uh, you know, I grew up in the south anyway, so when I migrate south, it always has a good feeling to me. So I enjoy it when I get to come south and see you and be with all of you and just have a uh, good time together sharing and thinking about. I tell you what, we are enjoying the merge that's happening between Middletown and Mason it keeps progressing a little more and a little further, and uh, some good things are happening with that. My wife, Gail, stopped by Middletown before she came here this morning, and Josh is up there this morning because he's teaching, and Rob is there. He said they were doing all kinds of things. They were up in the attic doing stuff this morning because we had lightning hit our building about two weeks ago. It took out everything. It took out our soundboard, our video, our air conditioning, our internet, you name it, it did not work. And so we have been rebuilding some of that over the last couple of weeks, and Rob especially has been working on that. And so this morning he had Josh in the attic. Now can you see that and imagine that? Running cables this morning trying to get things ready so that they could have service. So I'm glad I'm here this morning. Thank you for letting me come here this morning instead of being in Middletown. And, uh, but they did a great job up there. You know, we're doing this Pick 6 series where we have been talking about different things and different subjects. We've talked about racism some. We've talked about, I think Jonathan last week uh, talked about Islam. We've talked about a lot of different subjects that are very pertinent for us as Christians today because they hit where we live. These are things that every single one of us is having to think about and deal with in our society today. And I don't know why, but when they got to the subject of family and building a home and kids, they picked me. Now, it may be because I'm the old man in the group, number one. Maybe because Gail and I have six children, number two, and we have seven grandchildren. Can you believe that we have seven grandchildren? I mean, I look pretty good for seven grandkids, don't I? All right, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Gail looks even better for seven grandkids. Let me just tell you that. So what I want to do this morning is take you through a thought process about family from a biblical perspective. Because it hits every single one of us that are here. All of us in some way or another are a part of a family. You may be a young couple just starting out, planning your family. You may be a teenager, you're not quite to that point yet, but you're beginning to think in those terms of what does family mean for me when it's my family, when I'm not just a part of a family, but this becomes my family. It may be that your kids are grown, they're out of the house now, and you may be like us, grandkids. The blessing of grandkids is you can ruin them, spoil them, and send them home, obviously. But you may be like us with grandkids, but whatever your stage is, we are all in some way or another a part of a family. Some of those families are great families that you would not trade being a part of that family. Some of those families have some things lacking that we would like to change. And some of those families, let's be honest, are families in which we would rather not be a part of. But we're still a part of a family. So I want us to think about this morning, family and relationships and children, and see what the Bible teaches us about the family. To do that, we're going to go to an Old Testament book of Psalm, the 127th chapter. So the message or the verses will be on the screen if you want to read them there. If you have a Bible and you want to pull it out, turn to the book of Psalms. And I want to read what Solomon wrote in the 127th chapter as he begins this, this way. 
Unless the Lord builds the house, the labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies at the gates. Let's start by just saying this. Building a good family is a complicated and a hard matter. It takes work. Agreed? Being a good family does not just happen. It does not just fall in your lap. It is something that we have to constantly work at. How many of you like building something to find out that you built it wrong and it failed? Any of you? See, I knew you didn't. None of us like building things that are wrong. None of us like building things that we know are going to fail. When we build, we want to make sure we build correctly the first time. We want to make sure that it's built to last for the long term. We want to make sure that our energy is spent in the right directions. And that's exactly what Solomon is encouraging us to do right here in this section in Psalm chapter 127. Build something that's right. Build something that lasts. Build something that will give back to you and give to the Lord. Build a strong family. Now, you know the problem? Solomon's just like a lot of us. He knew what to do. He said the right thing. But he didn't do so good at following through. When you look toward the end of his life, the buildings that he built, both literally and figuratively, and his family, became reckless. <coughs> the kingdom that he built became a ruin. His marriages became a disaster. His family was even a disaster. He knew what to say. He knew what to do. He knew what was right, but he had trouble following through. We feel that way sometimes, don't we? We know the right things. We know where to go. We know the right direction. It's the follow-through that sometimes we have trouble with. Solomon ignored his own words, his own teaching. He stopped depending on God. He stopped seeking God's face. He stopped looking for God to send him in the right direction. So maybe for us, we need to learn a little something from Solomon. Even though his words are good words, it's oftentimes the follow-through that really brings the success. And if we're going to build a good home and a good family, a strong home and a strong family, that is an atmosphere where children raise up also to build good homes and good families, then we need to make sure that we look to the divine plan and the divine builder to see it through. Obviously, God has given us his plan in his word. He has given us someone to protect in his son Christ. You know, one of the most important features, I think, of this psalm that we just read are three things that actually come out of it that apply to our family that help us to build good families. One is, a good family is an accomplishment. And we want and need those accomplishments. In a good family, you also find security. And God brings us that security as we work and develop it together. And we also then build a strong unit, a strong family. And Solomon forces us to look at those three things. 
And so that's what I want us to do this morning, to think about those three areas and go, okay, in my life, how do they apply? In my life, how can I put them together? How can I make those three things happen so that my family is what the Lord wants it to be? So let's start with the first one. Verse 1 says this in the very first part, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. He's talking about our accomplishment in building the family. I mean, he says, all right, let's lay this on the table. You are the builder. Man is the builder. We build, as a matter of fact, we like building things, don't we? We like building houses. We like building boats. We like guys. We like our cars and getting out and working on our cars. We like to build. Ladies, we like our crafts and we like to make sure that uh, our, house, our, our, our walls are painted exactly the right color. Have you been to Home Depot or Lowe's and looked at all the paint colors? I mean, the most impossible choice in life, if you ask me, is to choose the right color for a room. Just give me green, blue, yellow, something like that. I don't need 192 colors of green to pick the green. Just give me one, right? But ladies, that's not your attitude at all, is it? You go and you get those little chips. You know, it has this color green from this shade to this shade, and this color green from this shade to this shade. You take all those little chips home, and you put them on the wall. The next thing you do is you go back to Home Depot, and you say, I need one of those little cans. You know those little cans you get? I need one of those little cans. And you get one or two of those little cans, and you take them, and you put a little bit of that on the wall. You know the next thing you do? You call your husband in. You say, which one do you think is the right color for this room? Now, husbands, we are in a dilemma here. First of all, anything you say is wrong, right? So you sit there and go, honey, I think they all look nice. Which one do you think is the best? And she says, well, I think the one in the middle is the best. You said, that's exactly the one I would have chosen. Right, guys? I mean, we've learned how to play this game. But ladies, you want to make sure that what you do is correct. You want to make sure that you accomplish it, and you want to make sure that in that accomplishment, it is the best it can be. Our families are the same way, folks. Our families, we want to make sure we build strong families, and that is a great accomplishment, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there are two ways that we can build our families. The first way, you can build it dependent upon God, or you can build it independent of God. The first way that you build the family dependent upon God involves humility. Recognizing that it is really God that is building this family and he's using me to build the family. The second way independent of God involves pride. You stand back and you say, I know how to do this. I've got this. Just leave me alone and let me do it. And you know there's a problem. When the pride steps in, oftentimes we fail. And ultimately, building without God will bring you to frustration and sadness and hopelessness and discouragement. There's actually a great example of this in the Bible. If you go back into the Old Testament, the first Old Testament book, the book of Genesis chapter 11, you read a story, we oftentimes call it the Tower of Babel. The story goes like this. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make the name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. 
So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the cities. How were they building? They were building based upon their own desires and their own pride. They wanted to be like God. They wanted to build to the heavens where God was. They wanted to be the top dog. So they were building this tower, building it on their own, building it out of pride. And God came down and said, hold, wait a minute. That's not what we're building around here, let me just tell you. And that is not how we build things around here. I think it's a warning to us to be careful that when we are building things today, especially we're talking about the family, we're talking about relationships, we're talking about our children, that we don't build them on this side where we have this pride that says, I know how to do it and I can do it my own way. We need to make sure that we're building our families through humility and that the accomplishment that we really receive is an accomplishment that is built upon a strong foundation of the Lord himself. So let me ask you a question. How do you build so that you don't build in vain? Well, let me give you two or three things you can think about and maybe write down. Just real quick, jot these down. You acknowledge that God is the true builder of all things, that all we can do and whatever we do, we do by His grace, that if we want to accomplish something great, we realize that He is the real builder. He uses us as a tool to build what He wants, and that's the accomplishment. I think there's another thing that we do. You acknowledge that you're, uh, you are utterly dependent on him. You see, on this side over here with the pride, I go, I'm dependent on me, my decisions, my knowledge, my skills, my abilities. And in doing that, every time there's something lacking. Because we don't all have the skills, we don't all have the ability, we don't all have the knowledge. And if we step here, we go, okay, okay, Lord, I get it. I don't know everything. Guys, that's a good line for us to learn, by the way. I don't know everything. I can't do everything. I don't have all the knowledge. I don't have all the skills. And so, Lord, I come to you. Help me accomplish these things, especially in my family, especially as I look at what I'm doing today as I'm helping my family. Acknowledge your dependence on Him. You also need to pray. Bathe all that you do in seeking God's will and God's blessing. There is nothing in this world that you can do for your family that's probably more important than prayer in your family. Some of you know that this last week our family was in North Carolina. Uh, on uh, Tuesday, Jonathan, Julia, and their children went down, and then Gail and I and Mom went down on Wednesday, and Stephen came down on Thursday because we had a meeting on, on Friday in North Carolina, all of us. And then, except for Jonathan and Julia who are coming home today, we came home yesterday on Saturday. But it was, we spent a couple of nights in the same house where Jonathan and Julia were with the kids. And it was interesting that uh, Friday night after our meeting, it was kind of late, it was probably 10.30 or something, we went back to the house where we were all staying, and... Uh, the kids were already kind of heading toward bed a little bit, and Matthew was still upstairs. Some, I think the girls were downstairs in the room they were staying in. And Jonathan said to Matthew, he said, Matthew, he said, when you get downstairs, make sure and get the, the kids together, the girls and Nathan together, and have your prayer time together. And Matthew said, no problem, Dad, said, I got it. You know why he did that? The night before, 
they were up and all together a little earlier. And Jonathan said, as Gail and I were leaving the room, he said, hey, we all need to get together and have our prayer time. You see, it was the norm for them. It's what they did. It's what they understood. They bathe what they do as a family in prayer. We need to do the same. There's a fourth thing. You remain humble before him and seek him. There are times where we're standing on this side of humility and we're working on this family thing and things seem to be going really, really well. and You know, it's all coming together and we're going, I got this. You know, I am just doing great on this. Be careful when you hit those times. It's those times that you're beginning to slide over here into the prideful part. And any time we slide here, we will fail. Yes, we want the accomplishment. God wants us to accomplish great things with the family, but we do it on his foundation under his guidance. There's a second thing that we pick up in this section of Scripture in Psalm chapter 127 to help us to build a family, and that is this idea of security. You see, we have to trust God. Sometimes we have to be patient. We have to yield to him, and we have to be, have to be involved in ministry kinds of things. But you know, along with that, we also look for security in what we do. We look to make sure that we are secure as people in what we do. Let me just stop for a minute and say this. Guys, let me tell you what. There's nothing that your wife wants more for you than security. You see, as guys, we have this tendency to say, Hey, we can do this. Let's go this direction. Let's move this way. Let's do these things. Let's accomplish this. You know, it's not a problem. Your wife says, how are we going to do this, right? And if it has to do with finances, she says, how are we going to pay for this? And you go, it'll be okay. We'll work it out. We'll make it happen and those kinds of things. She goes, wait a minute. How are we going to pay for this? And you go, I can do this. I'll work a few more hours, you know, next year. I'm getting that raise that's been promised to me, and we'll make this happen. You know why she's saying all that? One of the top priorities for her is a priority of security. Security is vital to her. In the ancient cities, most people lived in a walled community. Now, it was a walled city. The city had large walls around it, and the reason was so that those inside would be protected from those outside that wanted to come in and do harm. There were guards that would be at each of the openings of the gates, and it was the guards' responsibility to make sure that the people that went in and out of the city belonged. And it was their responsibility to hold the city secure. And so as people went in and out, the guards were there. They watched. If anything looked a little shady, then the guard would stop them and say, wait a minute, what's going on? So they lived in a community where they were safe. Today it seems as though the wall that should be built around the family is being destroyed all the time. The wall of protection and security that we should have today is being destroyed by so many outside influences. Those influences that just want to tear down and begin to tear down and begin to destroy the family. Because if we destroy the family, we destroy the foundation of everything else. And in America today, the family is taking some major hits. 
the family is being bombarded on every side, whether it has to do with the definition of marriage to children and their being under the responsibility and the authority of parents. You see, the family is taking those hits today because Satan knows if he destroys the family, he can destroy everything else. So security is extremely important. Years ago, there was a fellow by the name of Bill Gothard. Bill Gothard used to teach about the family and teach biblical principles about the family. As a matter of fact, he would come into cities and he would fill arenas like U.S. Bank Arena as he taught about the family. And he was so popular that uh, eventually he went to the place where he was doing them through video because he could not go to all the places that were asking him to come to teach about uh, the family and God's idea of the family and, and those sorts of things. But Bill Gothard used to use an illustration that I thought was a great illustration. He used to talk about the family, and he used to talk about in that family that God had a design. And actually, one of the places he would go to is Ephesians chapter 5. This isn't on the screen, but let me read this to you. Now, this is one of those that sometimes in church today we try to avoid. And we try to avoid this section of Scripture because society tells us exactly the opposite of what the Bible tells us. Listen to what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Guys, we stop right there, don't we? We go, yeah, I got this one. You know, look, honey, you see what he says right there? It's in the Bible. Huh. Wait a minute, guys. Listen to what he says. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Ooh. All of a sudden, the tone changed, didn't it? That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blameless, without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. You know where the responsibility is in that? Guys, it's on us. The responsibility for love and care is on the husband in the family. And you can argue this point with me if you want, but I think you would probably lose the argument. I do not know a woman who God has ever created that would not willingly submit to a husband who is willing to love and to lay down his life as Christ laid down his life for the church. The point of that is God has put in place an order, an order of protection and security for the family. It begins with God, and then comes the husband and the mom and the kids. Bill Gothard in his seminar after he would look at that scripture used to use an umbrella illustration. And in that umbrella illustration, he would say, you know, the family is kind of like being under an umbrella. 
the first umbrella that we were under is really the umbrella of God and His protection. And by the way, I know you're not supposed to open umbrellas inside. It's bad luck and all that kind of stuff. But let me do this for illustrative purposes, okay? He would go, God had this umbrella of protection over you. And then God put in place in the family another layer of protection that was under him. And that was the husband and the father and the protection that he brings. And then under that would come (coughs) the protection of the mom and then the children. The The children were actually under three layers of protection if we as a family were doing what we needed to do. He said, here was the problem, and here's what oftentimes happens, is that we take and we put holes in the umbrella. And as soon as we put a hole in the umbrella, we have opened up so that Satan has found the hole to get through the protection. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there ever going to be a hole in God's protection? So where's the next layer come? The next layer comes with us somewhere. Husbands, it comes with us opening up holes in this umbrella of protection that God has given us. Moms, it comes with you opening holes in this umbrella of protection that God has put over the family. And those come in a lot of different ways. It may come in immorality. It may come in drugs and alcohols, and some of you may have grown up in families where drugs and alcohol were very prevalent. You know how difficult that is. It may come in the form of selfishness or stress or discontentment. There are all kinds of things that can put holes in this umbrella. And as soon as there is a hole in this umbrella of protection, then all of a sudden Satan goes, I got you. I got you. Because he will find that hole and he will work through that hole every single time. All of a sudden, then the security and the protection is gone. We have a responsibility to our kids, to our grandkids, to our families, to make sure that that layer of protection that each of us provides is as strong as it can be. Then there's a third thing that the writer here in Psalm chapter 127 talks about. He says, we want to accomplish this and have great families. He said, we have a job of protection. He says, but then you need to realize that your goal is just to build a strong family. And in building a strong family, the Lord will bless. Listen to this, verse 3 of Psalm 127. Behold, children are a gift a heritage, an inheritance of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. You see, building a family, security is important. But just thinking about the blessing that God is giving us in family, how great and how wonderful that is. Think about it. Children truly are a gift of God, a gift that God has given. Now, I know and I understand that probably sitting here this morning, there are some people who, for whatever reason, are unable to have children. 
Don't look at that and say, God's not blessing me, God's not with me. You know, don't go down that road because that is not the case. God has a different plan for your life. He has a different direction for your life. And who knows, God can do anything. I don't know that all of you know this, but my mom was never supposed to have children. I'm not supposed to be here. Sherry wasn't supposed to be here. Jonathan's not supposed to be here. And Stephen most assuredly isn't supposed to be here. All right? My mom had cancer when she was young. She was about 11 years old, and that was before they did a whole lot with cancer except for massive doses of radiation. And when my mom had radiation, they actually put a lead shield over her, and there was a little hole where they did the radiation. So when my mom and dad started dating each other, and then they got serious about getting married, my grandfather, my mom's dad, called my dad aside, and he said, Don, he said, I want you to know that you will never have children. He said, Nancy doesn't even know this, but one of the things the doctors told us when uh, she had this cancer is that you would not have, she would not be able to bear children. So before you marry her, you need to know that children in your life is not possible. And my dad said, that's okay, I'm going to marry her anyway. They got married. As a matter of fact, their anniversary was yesterday, August the 3rd, 1958. Guess who came along in October of 1959? You talk about a surprise, you've never seen a surprise like I was. But here I came, and then Sherry, and then Jonathan, and then Stephen. See, children are a gift from God, and it's God who chooses that gift, and it's God who gives that gift. Children are also a reward from the Lord. You know, think about it. They are something that God gives us. They are something that is a blessing, and it's one of the things that we've lost in society today, you know. We look at children today as an accident on the side. Children are no accident on the side, let me just tell you. Children are truly a reward from the Lord. Children are something to be cherished. Children are something that God gives us because, and this is the third little thing to think about, children are a blessing. Truly, truly a blessing. You know, we have tough times with kids sometimes, don't we? All right, parents, shake your head yes. There are some days where we go, what was I thinking when we did this? You know, because sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's hard. But there is nothing like the blessing of having children. You know, in our family, we, as you know, we are a very um, close family. And, and that's because of the stage that mom and dad set for all of us. They recognize that we are a blessing because obviously they didn't expect to have any. And since they didn't expect to have any, there maybe was a double blessing there. And so all through our lives growing up, we knew how special we were and we knew how special it was to be a part of this family. They set the stage for that. And so now as, as we have grown up and as we have become adults and as we have children and grandchildren now, our goal is to set that sta same stage for our kids to realize that the children they have 
are blessings and responsibilities that God gives to them. And therefore, they need to take on that responsibility, realizing that blessing and fulfilling what God has for their lives. You see, in a family, there's a sense of accomplishment. There is a security and protection that God has put in the family that we have a responsibility to withhold and uphold. But there is also a realization of how blessed we are by God with this responsibility He has given us called a family. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second as I close. You know, as I uh, talk about this today and as you sat there and we think about this, I know that uh, each of you think about it from your perspective, whatever your perspective is. As we think about this, some of you sit there and think about, yeah, that's great. I hear all this stuff, and that's exactly where we are. Wow, we're, you know, thank you, God. But others of us sit there and go, man, that's not where I feel at all in my family. That's not where I feel at all in my relationship. So I want you to just take a second right now and just pray about where you are in your relationship. Maybe you're at the stage where you're not married yet, and you're just beginning to think about that and think about what that means. Pray that God will lead you to the right person so that together, excuse me, <laughs> together the two of you can have a strong family. Maybe you're just beginning this walk in this thing called family. You know, you've been married recently and, and uh, you're still kind of feeling your way around. Just pray that God will help you in your thinking and your planning and your direction to be the kind of family God wants you to be. You may be struggling right now in family. You may be struggling with a relationship with a husband or wife, and you don't know where to go, take that before the Lord. You may be struggling with a child right now. You have a teenager that's rebellious, or you have a child that you're struggling with because of autism or something else, and take that before the Lord. Let me tell you, God wants you to have a strong family. He knows that today in our society, a strong family is the foundation. And so just... Go before the Lord, not just in these few seconds, but daily, almost minute by minute, and bring your family to Him and ask God's blessing on your family. God, thank you for giving us the structure of the family, the strength that comes from the family, all those things that are ours because of the family. And thank you that uh, you have given us that shield, that hedge of protection, Thank you that you have blessed us with um, not only your protection, but the protection you've given us in the structure of the family. And help us just to realize how truly blessed we are with those that you have given us today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.